Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield. Though troubles linger still, whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever. He is a friend of Is always by my side. My strength is in your name, for you alone can save. You will deliver me. Yours is the victory. Whom shall I?
fight, not physical. I'm in a war, but not with this world. You are the light that's beautiful. I want more, I want all that's yours. Sing it out. Joy unspeakable that won't go away. And just enough strength to live for the day. So I'll never have to worry what tomorrow will bring. Cause my faith is on solid rock. I'm counting on God. I'm counting on, 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 I'm counting on God. I'm in a war, but not with this world You are the light that's beautiful I want more, I want all that's yours Joy unspeakable that won't go away And just enough strength to live for the day So I never have to worry what tomorrow will bring Cause my faith is on solid rock I'm counting on God I'm counting on, I'm counting on God. 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 Just open up your eyes, you'll see. And the miracle of Christ in me is the mystery that sets me free. I'm nothing like I used to be. Just open up your eyes, you'll see. Joy unspeakable that won't go away and just enough strength. To live for today, so I'll never have to worry what tomorrow will bring. Cause my faith is on solid rock. I'm counting on God. Joy unspeakable that won't go away. And just enough strength to live for today. So I'll never have to worry what tomorrow will bring. Cause my faith is on solid rock. I'm counting on God. I'm counting on, 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 I'm counting on
atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the lord is here the evidence is all around that the spirit of the lord is here sing with me the atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the lord Evidence is all around, and the Spirit of the Lord is here. Overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your love.
wrap up this series today. May we not wrap up a focus on your Holy Spirit and how it connects into our lives. And so God, during the remaining time here today, we just want to get ask, uh, dedicate our hearts to be open to you, our minds to be even more open to hearing from your word and just to, um, just to empower our lives as spirit-filled Christians, not just ones who are going through the motions. And that we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to ask if everybody just uh, goes ahead and Sits down. We'll give you a chance to say hi to somebody. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and have a new members induction today. All right. Okay, so um, the other week we had our Haven 101 class, and we offer that uh, pretty regularly, um, and it's for uh, membership, or um, often people just to find out about what's going on here and how Haven came into existence, and there have been several people who have um, said that they would like to become uh, members, um, and so we're going to go ahead and recognize them. I'm going to ask Debbie DiVirgilio to come forward, um, and then we're going to go ahead and we'll call some individuals out. Some are, um, are not able to be here today. But they did go through the class, and so we want to recognize that. So um, Beth and Todd Creek, if you can come up. All right. Justin and Dana Webb. Lorraine Sapp. Lorraine, come on up. Elizabeth Murphy. There she is right there. Um, Lauren is away today. She sent an uh, an, email. text and told us that unfortunately she couldn't be here as well as Scott, um, as Lauren Shamblin and also Scott and Jennifer Arrow are also away today and they're going to be uh, part of our church and is Aaron Boyd here? Is Aaron here? He may be away as well today. Okay? So we just want to recognize several of those names. All right. You You guys can come over here. You can be together. Get you in the light. Come into the light. That's what happens when you join at Haven. You come into the light. So, all right. Okay. So I'll step out here into the light. All right, so one of, the things that, um, we, one of the things that I like to do in Scripture, um, I kind of stole it from my dad years ago, um, but it's something that I really like, um, is like in the Scripture, names mean something. And so uh, we, we as, if you've ever been a parent, you went through that thing when you were expecting of what name should we give to them. Some of you, it was easy. You just threw a junior on there, so you're pretty lazy. Um, but um, but um, for, for, the re- for others of us, we may not have wanted that, and so we went through the names. Or if you're like Melissa and I, we have 400 kids, so you've got to go ahead and come up with every name possible. And then you go ahead and you say, well, when they're in middle school, will they miss with it and make anything bad about it? So you've got to go through all these different things. But names do mean something, and I believe our given names mean something and that God also can tell us uh, something powerful in the midst of that. And so here we go. I'm not going by any num- uh, person here, just on my sheet. I just have them down here. So Beth, we'll start with you. All right. Beth, Beth Creek, do you know what Beth means? 
House, yeah, house of. So there we go. It's actually a Hebrew term. Anybody heard of Bethlehem? It's actually Bethlehem, which means house of bread. And it's pretty cool that Jesus was born and said, I am the bread of life in the house of bread. Pretty cool. So Jesus was born in a bakery, um, so, um, which it actually was. So, but um, it does mean uh, house. And so I came to this verse from Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 25, when Jesus was telling this parable, he said, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man or woman who builds a house on the rock. When the rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation in the rock. I know you well enough to know that you have your foundation of your house in the rock of Jesus Christ. And so welcome. We're glad that you're here. All right. Todd. Do you know what Todd means? Fox. You are foxy. All right. But Beth already knew that. <laughs> so... Um, so fox. So um, of course, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of demented verses about foxes in the Bible. But um, I came to the one where Jesus said in Matthew chapter eight, um, foxes where where people came to him said, "Hey, I want to follow you," and Jesus said, uh, "Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head." And basically, he's saying that the cost of following him is something that's high. And I know in knowing you over the last year or so, um, or even more so, that you are committed to your faith and you will do anything you can to follow Jesus. And also, you are a, um, a deputy that um, is very active and um, very proud of that, and we are too. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And that's who you are, uh, a committed, foxy child of God. All right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> All right, Justin, here he is. You know Justin from uh, banging back there on the drums and doing a great job of that. But Justin means to be fair or just, okay? Um, and so, I don't know why some are finding that funny. Your family's laughing. Um, but from Amos chapter 5, verse 24 is a great verse. It says, but let justice roll like a river, Righteousness like a never-failing stream. And in Micah 6, 8, it says, And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? And I can tell you, when justice came in, uh, justice, yeah, Justin, um, whatever his name is, um, <laughs> when he came in, uh, and, and I thought it was kind of cool that it says, let uh, justice roll. And man, we get blessed every week by hearing him roll back there, don't we? And it's just, and, and not only that, I know he's, you're a man of integrity, and you're a man who, who are, is kind, and you just carry that quality with you. So we're glad that you're part of our church. God bless. Appreciate it. Dana, do you have any clue what your name means? Man from Denmark. Yes, it means... It means from Denmark, and just to let you know, Denmark is not in the Bible, okay? But it also is a derivative of God is my judge. So for the God is my judge, because I'm really creative about the Denmark, you're going to like this one. Um, from 2 Timothy 4.8, it says, Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award on me on that day, and not only me, but all who have longed for his appearing. Many of you don't see Dana up front, but I can tell you, you would see her a lot more if she didn't do a fantastic job back on the sound and in so many areas of church and decoration and other stuff. She really helps. Um, so I thought it was cool because crowns of righteousness were kind of like decoration, and you love to do that kind of stuff. She, she says, hey, I found this. She went on a, a uh, three-hour uh, 
internet thing one time just looking about stage design and other kinds of things, and she's committed to the Lord. Now, the other thing, the Denmark thing, I was, I was going to get this in there. Do you know what Denmark is famous for? You all love them. Legos. <laughs> Legos. So here you go from Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. Praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how, how pleasant and fitting it is to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem with Legos. Um, <laughs> he gathers the exiles and heals the brokenhearted and binds up the wounds. By your contributions to this church, you really help people do that and create an atmosphere for that. So <laughs> to Lego. All right. Lorraine, do you know what your name means? No. Okay. Woman from Lorraine. It's a, it's a place in France. And it's, it's a very famous place in France for a couple reasons. Number one, it's where Joan of Arc came out of. Um, and if you don't know about Joan of Arc, Google it, okay? Um, she was committed to the Lord and really was standing up for France with her commitment to Christ, but yet... Um, was captured by the English and actually martyred at 19 until the Pope went ahead and beatified her, saying that she's a saint. And she, she gave her life for the cause of Christ and for those who were important to her. Also, what's very important is um, she, they have a cross that's kind of after. I'll show that to you. See it right there? That is the Joan of Arc cross. But it's also known as the, Lorraine, the Freedom Cross or the Lorraine Cross. And it comes from the French forces, the free French forces in World War II, uh, fought against the Nazis with this as a symbol, not only for Joan of Arc, but for their faith in Christ. And so I, I went to that part of freedom where it said, um, in 2 Corinthians, it says, um, 3.17, it says, now the, uh, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so I, I know you are free, and you love, free in the Lord, and you love that. So we're glad that you're here. Elizabeth, do you know what your name means? It means an oath to the Lord. I see your life is an oath to the Lord. And I, I was looking through the scriptures for an oath, and I came to Proverbs, one of the greatest verses that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, what? Acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And so... Um, I think your, your path brought you down here from Jersey, okay? Um, and that was kind of a little like this, but, um, but I believe God's brought you here, and we're excited to see how your trust in the Lord is going to continue to flourish here. So God bless. All right, and we, we have some others who couldn't be here with us today, so, um, and I have their names down too, but they're not here, so I won't do it. Um, so, but here we go. I want you to welcome them as um, members of Haven Community Church. Um, what some, a lot of times people wonder, well, I've been coming. I don't see much different. But what membership does, you know, like the old commercial membership has its privileges. Um, it, I think it also has a responsibility to it. Um, and we're going to talk a little about, about this. We, we've come to a point where our faith is private. And in, in some ways, that's okay, your salvation. But this is a public declaration of, hey, I'm going to serve Jesus. And like what we were talking about last week, the charisma, the gifts of God, it allows us to express that within the body of Christ. And so that's what we're doing officially. All right? So let's welcome our new members. God bless. Thanks, All right. And for the rest of you right now, you can, our kids can go to our Sunday school, Shoreline Sunday school, and the rest of you can just say hi to somebody around you real quick. All right?
Thanks, sir. All right. There we go. I continue to fellowship with others after church today. Um, and we want you to definitely go ahead and, and do that. All right. Well, visitors, we do want to welcome you, and we thank you for being here. Um, we hope that you received a card um, that is, is a way for us to connect with you and to, um, to let you know and to hear what you have to say. So we're thrilled for that. We want to welcome our, those who are church online, and we're thankful for those watching. Anybody else who is watching around the, the world with church online, um, again, we give you, give you thanks, and we're grateful that God has brought you here today um, or sometime to, to connect with our service. Um, a couple things we want to look at. Uh, Calling all graduates. We've said that. A lot of people have already been through graduation. Anybody go to a graduation this week? Okay. Anybody been to a graduation party? Anybody want to graduate something? You can. Um, so uh, there's a lot of those. We do want to honor those who are um, connected with our church community. So please go ahead, if you uh, can, send those in um, to lay-leader at havencc.org or info at havencc.org. We'll make sure that those names come in. We know there's many who have not handed those in, so we definitely want you to go ahead and do that so we can honor them in the very, very near near future. Um, You can look at the other announcements for the Haven Youth Group on Friday, June 22nd. Um, Information there. Save the date for VBS. You want to look at that, uh, July 23rd through the 27th, and if you're willing to help out, there's information there. Footprints, our next uh, team meeting will be the 24th um, at 8 a.m. before our services. So we want you to double check on that. Um, our chain to Haiti, I messed up last week. We got to go around and back, but you can see it is, um, we, are, uh, we have 892 miles to go. And uh, again, they're asking, if you're new today, they're asking for a donation. If you're watching church online, you can go ahead and do that to help us get around with the chains that helps support um, some of the ministry there. You have also have an insert here about our car wash the, that the youth are doing to help support that on Saturday, June 24th at 1130, right after, uh, excuse me, Sunday, June 24th, right after church, all right? Um, Basket Bingo will be on July 13th, and uh, next Sunday is Parish Foundation. Mike, how we doing? Okay, still a few opportunities, so if you'd like to connect with our serving at the Parish Foundation, and they'll be serving uh, fried chicken from Redner's in the midst of that. So we really want to go ahead. You can see where the plane is right over there, right? John, our, um, our model, is doing it for us today. So um, um, you can see we're, we're making it, and we want to thank everybody for the ministry that is, is occurring there, all right? Um, and, and in addition, I think it's pretty awesome that we can pick up our announcement sheet and see that um, we're, doing, we're doing here what my hope was in every church I ever served, the fact that, um, that uh, we well over tithe. Um, of what our budget is per year. We well over tithe in order to do mission locally, nationally, and around the world. And I challenge you to find other churches that are really doing that. We are really living out the Great Commission, and that's something that I'm very, very proud of. And thank you for buying into that vision that God has placed in this church. Um, and so it's, uh, it's pretty amazing what God is doing. Uh, it's, it's awesome when, when we have a need and people say, hey, we have this. And then we're like, yeah, let's do it. And, and that's the giftedness in the body of Christ. So keep on, keep on rolling with those things that we have. All right? Um, prayer request. Uh, Lisa asked for, uh, said, as I praise for happy birthday to Brian Killo. So we want to lift up him in prayers. Rig and Sarah Mullen have asked for prayers for family and friends. Um, Horace Otwell, especially his wife Josie, 
He was called to his heavenly home yesterday morning after struggling with years for major heart issues. And he was a, a former owner of Otwell's Market in Galena for many, many years. Um, Debbie Day asked for prayers for her friend Vic, who is having a heart operation this Wednesday. Um, so we're going to lift that up. We also want to lift up the family of Wes Pinder. Um, Wes's father um, passed away this weekend, uh, this, this uh, last end of the week, and his services will be at Hicks Funeral Home on Wednesday evening. Um, so we want to continue to lift Wes and uh, Pam and the entire family in your prayers. All right? We continue to do um, Any other brief uh, prayer requests that we have? Yeah, Dale. Okay, so pray for Tim Liverman, whose prayers, uh, prayers with a severe infection. Okay. All right, so um, Carol's uh, nieces, keep them in your prayers as both their parents have passed away in the last eight months. Um, and so they're actually planning a double funeral, so please lift them up. Yes. That's right. Jenny and Judy are heading on a road trip. They call them Thelma and Louise, so they just pray for them and whoever they come across in their path. All right, what? Yeah, right, yeah. So, Yes, Jenna. Okay, so pray for um, the Brickners on vacation. Anybody else on vacation? Yes, go ahead. Oh, well, it stinks to be you. You should pray for us so we don't get to go. That's good. Good. Awesome. So we thank God. We'll definitely be praying for you um, in that. All right? Yes, Michelle. Okay, okay so your aunt's recovering and your brother Dan is in the hospital? Right? Recovering? Okay, so is that what you said? Vivian's recovering. So Dan had an infection and surgery, so we will lift him over. Okay, all right. And uh, for those of you who I know, a couple of you know him, he has been my best friend growing up, um, Glenn Fanning. Glenn got married yesterday, so I was, it was glad to go ahead and do, do the wedding, and he and Jeanette are great people, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for them as we move forward. All right? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, here we are today, once again, just uh, basking in your presence as... Uh, as we, we want to hear what you have to say to us, I thank you for those who have uh, stepped forward to, um, to connect and be um, recognized as members of our church, and we're just excited for the gifts that you have brought to them um, in their lives that we talked about last week that they're going to use here and around the world to further your, your ministry. We want to lift up all the prayer concerns and the joys from birthdays and, and weddings and celebrations and vacations. To also those, um, your, your traveling mercies upon those as we hit this time of year where there's lots of travel. And um, I want to pray particularly for the graduates who are in a transition in life. Um, some are joyously in that transition and some are not sure where they're headed next part. But God, we ask for your Holy Spirit and your direction to guide them. For uh, those with sickness and recoveries and those who, um, like Carol's nieces, who have lost not only one parent in the last eight months, but two, we ask for you to go ahead, God, and fill those voids and help them through this. For uh, all of us who experience loss or struggles, um, may you be with us. For uh, right now, 
our, our sister church in Haiti, which is uh, worshiping at this time. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be upon them and all the ministry that they, uh, they share there. For our ministries here in the Parish Foundation uh, and, um, and, and just all the other things that we, that we do through uh, serving in, in this area and around the world, I give you praise because you are a mighty, mighty God. And um, we just give back a portion of what you've given to us. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're so blessed. And um, at this moment, God, just um, scripture says we love a cheerful giver. So often we get very legalistic about what that means. But we just say this, that we're giving to you, God. And we trust that you're going to take it, multiply it, and use it. That, God, you're going to do the impossible. You're going to do something exponential. You've done that for 10 years plus, and you're going to continue to do it because this is all about you and letting the world know that there is a King of kings and Lord of lords, and his name is Jesus. And so, God, anoint these gifts to, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Strengthen us, the tither and the giver, as we can bask in your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, we all pray. Amen. <laughs> Once again on earth, cause 
your church to hunger for your ways. Let the fragrance of our prayers morning. Ephesians, I'm reading from Ephesians 5 verses 15 through 18. Be, care, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I'm reading from Acts 8, verses 14 through 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers, there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. I missed it. Oh, that was good. First time I've ever had an all after one of those videos, but <clears throat> and that was the last time you'll have to see that one. So, all right, here we are. We are in our last week on the series <clears throat> of uh, the third person. Um, it kind of rolled right in. I say it's the third week when really it's kind of like the fourth week because our our seventh week of the uh, Fresh Air series was kind of like the first week of this one. Don't you agree? I don't care what you do or not, I do. So, all right. Um, but that's where we, um, where we see. So our theme verse for this has been um, this verse right here. And let's look at it one more time. Uh, this is a time where in the book of Acts, Acts is about the acts of the Holy Spirit, the growth of the church. And it tells us, while Apollos, Apollos, a Greek believer, was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and um, arrived at Ephesus. 
where he found some disciples, and he asked them this question, this question I said that we need to ask ourselves today. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And what we shared the last several weeks is that he's asking this question of people who, if they were checking a box, would say they are Christians, right? They would say that they... they uh, you know, that they, they accepted what Jesus did on the cross. They would say that they said the sinner's prayer. They would go ahead and say that they've been saved by his marvelous grace, whatever you want to call it. They are saved. They are Christians. And he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And the response is something that I think many have a response of today. And they said, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And so that's been kind of like the basis um, for our our whole series, where we recognize that there are people who understand certain things. I think we're good at understanding God the Father, um, and we, we understand Jesus the Son and what he did, but I think there's a lot of confusion around the Holy Spirit, mainly because of the way it's been packaged by people, uh, and so, um, so our, my, my hope is that we have a desire for the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, before I get in uh, a little further, those of you who have parents in middle school, I believe next week you're doing breakfast. Is that correct? And I, well, I had that down, and I did not mention that, but I wanted to go ahead. So what we, what we want to do now is continue and look at the packaging. Um, we've looked at some of the packaging over the last several weeks <clears throat> about where that is. And I want you to have a desire for the Holy Spirit. Many of us, I'd say, if, if God came to us, and he has in this way, says, hey, would you like power? to get through life? How many of you would say yes? If you said, hey, I want to give you the strength that I created the world with, the the power that I raised Jesus from the dead with, how many of you would like to have that? Boom. I think many of us and most of us, if we're smart enough, would want that. However, we don't want all the other stuff and packaging that goes along with it. Am I right? And a lot of us, that's changed many of us and our approach to this. And so if you've you've missed uh, a week um, go back and check it out, because uh, I think, um, I think uh, this, this series is very important. You know, it reminds me, this statement about, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit, is that uh, there was a Sunday school teacher who one time had lined up the children in her class. And um, those of you who've been around church for a while, remember the Apostles' Creed. Do you remember that? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, okay, in Jesus Christ, the only Son. Remember that? that the creeds were major in the early church because there was a lot of heresy, and people said, let's figure out what we really believe and state that. <clears throat> and so as they were doing this, she lined them up. They had been memorizing different parts, so she lined them up. And at first, the first person was Robbie, and he said, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. And Susie next said, and Jesus Christ is only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, Timmy said, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, said Molly. He descended into hell, said Jim, and on the third day he arose from the dead, said Margaret. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead, said Jill. And then there was a long silence. And finally, Timmy spoke up and said, the boy who believes in the Holy Ghost is not here today. <laughs> and so they left it like that. How many of us have that feeling that we've gotten God the Father Almighty, Jesus the Son, the, we got all that other stuff, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we're not quite sure where we stand. And that's where this series has been geared, and I hope we've been able to bring you closer. In week one, or actually week seven, you might want to call it, 
uh, of our uh, Fresh Air series, we talked about the term spirit that sometimes is translated the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. It was a boo. I'm kind of afraid. Not many of us want to be friends with a ghost. But what we really picked up and believed that it just means wind in our sails. It just gives us that air, that fresh air that we need in life. Week one of this series, which is week two overall, we talked about the term Pentecost. And I, I made you all scared by telling you what it meant. 50. Okay? And so uh, we, we oh, unpacked that. Last week, I really brought the big guns out and talked to you about charismatic or charisma. And I told you what that means. It means gifts are a grace gift from God, that we all have charisma or charismatic gifts and spiritual gifts to be used for whatever God has created us for, and we need to connect with that. Today, I'm going to give you a new term. It's an old term, but a new term that it carries a lot of weight with it, but it's not even, I didn't even leave a blank because I have a lot of scripture because I really want to show you some things today. And this is simply this term. You've seen it before. Starts with a B, ends with baptism. Baptism. And baptism carries a lot of weight with it. Depending upon the denomination you grew up with, it carries a lot more weight whether you want to uh, know or not. But baptism simply translated means to be immersed in, to be immersed in. And I'm going to tell you something. In the Bible, there are three biblical baptisms that we are to participate in as Christians. And you say, what? I don't get that. I'm going to take you through it, all right? So you ready? Ready for our journey today? I'm going to take a drink here because I'm like dealing with this, whatever it is. All right. So the first baptism is to be baptized into Christ, baptized into the body of Christ. If you, have a, you, uh, if you want to elaborate a little bit more in there, put this in parentheses, salvation. Everybody say salvation. 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 Salvation is not religion. Salvation is something that is to be a vibrant experience and basically an immersion into the family of God. It's what some people may call justification, where God makes you just as if you'd never sinned. What does it say here in the scripture? Let's look at 1 Corinthians. It says, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Body is used continually to display the people in the church. And so what this means is you become part of the body by accepting Jesus' free gift. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27, it says, You are all sons of God through your faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were, what? Baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. In other words, being immersed, you're, you're putting on something. You're becoming part of something that's there. It's more than just a, a little while here, a little there, you are part of a body of Christ by accepting what Jesus had. And it's to continue, it's to be immersed in Jesus. That we have done a disservice over the last several centuries in Christendom by saying all you have to do is accept Jesus and you're good. We've left people here with an experience at a moment in time and have forgotten that that experience is supposed to have us be immersed in God. Okay, immersed. What I mean by immersed is if I have a, let's say this is a cup of water. I have water in here. I've got a a cup or a bottle of water. If I drop this in the pool, it is immersed in in the water. Got me? And if it sinks to the bottom, it is submersed, okay? So in baptism, we don't want to leave you down there. We won't pull you back up. So the difference between immersion and submersion, okay? So what we see here is there's several um, interesting things that occur. 
I want to take you to this next scripture, and I'm going to share a couple of these things. So we're going to get kind of like biblical heady for a while, and then I'm going to share some other things to lighten it up, and we're going to be fine. All right? Everybody good? All right, so the, the, what we look at, this story is in John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. And look what it says here. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. I love that. They're locking the doors. They're scared to death. Um, and Jesus came in and stood among them and said, peace be with you. I find this very humorous that they're locked in, inside the door. And all of a sudden, Jesus goes, ah, here I am. And he's like, and, they, and you know, if, if you're sitting in your house and you're all locked up and all of a sudden Jesus pops in your living room while you're sitting there eating bag of chips and he says, he's going to say, peace be with you. You're going to go, huh? You're going to be choking on it. So I guess I like that he says, peace be with you. That's kind of funny. I don't know where you get it, but I do. All right. So Jesus is popping in and out. But here's the thing. The disciples needed to experience salvation. You say, wait a second, Jack. They spent time with him. Hang in there. Hang in there. We're going to get to this. So after he said this, he said, peace be with you. They, oh my gosh. And then he says, whoa, chill. Peace. Here, look at my hands. Here's my side. Here, everything is good. It says, the disciples were then overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Um, or, uh, and then he said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So he's saying, now I'm going to give you a task. Okay, you've been a long ride for a while, but I'm gonna, I'm, I got a task for you. And then look what he says. And then with that, he did what? And said, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, the disciples were with him for three years, but they had not received salvation because he had not yet died on the cross to pay for their sin. Okay, you with me? So they were followers. They were, one of the problems that they had time after time was the fact that they were following Jesus by the old covenant. They were trying to, they had to do it by the law and by legality, and as we know from the Gospels, they messed that up royally like everybody has but Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, rose again, then he comes in and he says, hey, you guys need to receive the Holy Spirit. They received salvation at this point, or the baptism into the body of Christ. Everybody, everybody follow along so far? Okay, so I want you to look at this too, because what it says is when we, when we, Come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, all right? Hang on to that. We'll get back to that. Now, Luke, we have the four Gospels, and they pick up where they have little parts and details where others don't. So that was in John. Let's pick up in Luke on the same account. Luke says, while they were, in Luke 24, while they were sitting, still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. There he popped in. Hello. Um, and he says, peace be with you. Same story, different detail. And look at what he says here in verse 49. I am, and I want you to look at the tense that he's saying here, all right? The, 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 the future tense that he's using. He says, I am going to send to you what my father has promised, but stay here in the city until you have been, look at this, clothed from, with power from on high. You see, they received the Holy Spirit, remember? He received the Holy Spirit. But he said, don't go out there yet because you don't have the power yet that you're going to need to do what I've t told you you need to do. Everybody following along so far? Okay. So same event. He says, wait until. So there is a future happening. So they didn't receive this other baptism that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Now, Luke likes to write a lot, and Luke also wrote Acts, so he adds a little bit more detail to the story. You with me? Um, here's what he says. Same event, different account in Acts chapter 1. 
After his suffering, he presented himself, Jesus presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he's alive. Here's my hands, here's my side, breathe on you, that kind of stuff. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. Remember, we talked about that with Pentecost. We did the math for you then. And spoke to them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, here's where we go. This, here we go, same, same account. On one occasion, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the charisma, the gift that my father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. Here's what the gift is that they're going to get in future tense. And you're going to have to hold on to this. We're going to come back to it. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be what? Baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit. Everybody following along that Jesus is saying, receive the Holy Spirit. That's the first baptism that we're talking about into the body of Christ. But hold on, there's more coming. Okay? Everybody good? Number two. The second baptism is one that we know well that when we talk about baptism. Water baptism. Water baptism. Notice that it's separate from salvation. Salvation is a free gift from God. And you say, well, Jack, I grew up in a tradition that many have intertwined it and said you can't be saved unless you're baptized. And I'm going to tell you that is wrong by the scripture. I will tell you, and I'm confident with that. Because if it took me receiving baptism to be saved, then salvation is about what I do, not about what Christ has done. Got everybody? That's very, very important. So salvation is about Jesus and nothing that I've done. Baptism is, water baptism is something different. Now, I said, some have said that you need for salvation. Some says, some have even gotten into discussions that it matters what you say, that you have, there's been major arguments in the church for years on you have to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And other people say, no, you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I'm going to let you know, when I baptize you, I'm going to baptize you in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. We're going to take care of it, right? So it doesn't matter. So, but what the thing is, is like, I don't believe in my heart of hearts that you're going you're gonna to be baptized, you're going to serve God, you're going to get up there, you're going, Jesus, I'm here, I'm here. And he's like, wait a second, sorry, when they dunked you under the water, they said the wrong thing, you're out, go to hell. smoking reservations, you know, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's who God is, right? Um, and so I think we put a lot more, salvation is not about me, thank God it's not about me, because it's about me, I ain't making it, because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's what we need to, to recognize. So the wrong words don't matter. You know how many times in, in 22, almost 23 years that I have said the wrong thing from this position? Um, very humorous at many times. Um, so water baptism is another step on your spiritual journey. There are 27 times in the New Testament where the quote says they believed and were baptized. Two different things. Look at what it says here in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who accepted his message were what? Baptized, water baptism. You see, salvation is a private decision, ultimately. It's ultimately between you and God. But it needs to go public. It needs to go public. That's why you have a wedding ceremony and not just a wedding. I know some people do, but for the most part, how many of you have ever been to a wedding? How many of you who are married had a wedding where you invited other people? And you showed them, correct? How many wear a wedding band? Your wedding band is an outward sign of what's going on here. If I take this off, because sometimes my hands swell and I'm old and I do that kind of stuff, um, 
I take it off. It doesn't mean like, I'm a free man. Hey, I am, ladies. Come get me, you know? Um, they're all lining up right away. Um, and when I put this on, it's not like kryptonite for all you single ladies. Like, here I am, I'm taken. No, it's not that at all. It is a sign of what's going on in my commitment to my wife, who I love, that I did that, I, I made that covenant relationship with her. And the wedding ceremony, which some of you may have been at, was us saying that in public. We could have done it. I've done weddings in people's kitchens before where it's just me and them, all right? But they put on the ring and they go ahead and they tell people, hey, we're married, and they make big, big news about that. Why? I stood out in the rain yesterday pouring. I look like Harvey Two-Face from Batman. One side of my face was completely wet and soaking, and the other side looked pretty good because the rain was coming this way. I stood out there, not because I just like to stand outside and read words and do things. I did it because I was part of a covenant relationship between two people and God. You with me here? So our faith, even though it is a private relationship, like I'm not going to go hang out with Glenn and Jeanette on their honeymoon or whatever they do. I don't think they'd want me there, okay? But it just says, I'm not going to hang out with you every day of your relationship with God. That is private between you and God. But the public profession needs to be there. That's what baptism is. Baptism is what is happening here in a public declaration. You know, there's a story about a man who came to church. He came to church on Christmas and Easter. They've been known to be called Christers. And so he snuck in one, one Christmas, and the pastor was at the door, and he recognized him, and he grabbed his hand, and he said, Son, you need to be in the Lord's army. And he looked around, and he went, I am in the Lord's army. He said, Then how come I only see you at Christmas and Easter? He looked around, and he said, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> now, just to let you know, there is no secret service in God. You either are or you are not a follower of Christ. And, and Jesus said it this way. In Matthew chapter 10, he said, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. That is some heavy, heavy words that Jesus said there. So what we see here is we see that we receive Jesus and we have the baptism into the body of Christ. We go public as an outward sign, what we call sacrament, an outward sign of an inward and spiritual grace. In other words, something that's going on here. We go public with the decision through water baptism. And today, in our remaining time together, I'm going to go ahead and share about this third one, which really kind of freaks people out because of the packaging that's being given, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in, with, or of the Holy Spirit. You see, the disciples received the Holy Spirit, but they needed to wait for the immersion. Now, I want to show you a place in the Bible. I'm going to show you a couple little places where there, all three baptisms are displayed. And we just kind of read over it because we lose something in English. In Acts chapter 5, we see Philip. They're, they're starting to spread out because of the diaspora, where they're being sent out because of persecution and they're sharing the gospel of, of, of Jesus Christ. Philip goes to Samaria and proclaims the Messiah there. Okay, Now let's jump up to, to verse 12. It says, but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, so they heard and believed that made them the baptism in the body of Christ. Everybody with me here? That's number one. They were baptized, both men and women, water baptized, there's two. 
Now let's look what happens. Now let's jump up to verses 14 through 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John bringing out the big guns. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they may what? Receive the Holy Spirit. Baptism number three, and it continues, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. In other words, they received it. Dennis Bennett in the Holy Spirit and you said it's like a fire hydrant. You ever see a fire hydrant? It's got all this power and source in there, but you need something to open the cap to get it to work. So what they had had, they had had the first two. They were rolling along, but it had not been, been there yet. And they said they simply had been baptized into the name of the Lord. They believed and were water baptized. Then Peter and John placed hands on them, and they did what? They received the Holy Spirit, the laying on of hands. Why? Why another experience? Because baptism of the Holy Spirit is about us doing something. Baptism of the Holy Spirit has no eternal significance, but has incredible significance for here to empower us on the planet Earth. If I, if I wonder why the church has been limping along for many years, it's because we have not embraced this third baptism and been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Look at another verse here, and this is great. In John, 1 John 5 through 7, 5, 7 through 9, he says this. It's a small, um, small letter that John wrote, and it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, which John loved to call Jesus, in this gospel, the word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. So you have the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. So there, if you ever want somebody to say, show me the Trinity in the Bible, there it is. It doesn't get much clearer than that, does it? They bear witness in heaven to the Godhead. And it says, and these three are one. There's the Trinity. Now, and there are three that bear witness on earth. You're going to get excited by this. You, you, you excited? I think it's really cool. There is the Spirit... The water and the blood. You say, wait a second. The blood is the blood of Jesus. That is the baptism into the body of believers. That's salvation. The water is water baptism, and the Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There it is right there. Isn't that awesome? That's all right there in one little verse that John put together for us. You see, why are the three baptisms? Because there is a spiritual journey that we are on. And no one can say, I have all God has for me. Because God just wants to continue to give more. I thought the best way to kind of share this um, and display this is just to tell you where I am on my journey. Because one of the coolest things is, of everybody who calls this home, we are at a different place on the journey. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And I want to share that. Um, some of you have heard this and know this, but I was raised in church. I think the first su Sunday I was born, back in 1971, I was probably in church that very uh, first Sunday. I am a PK, a preacher's kid, so you know they're the worst. Um, but I was, I was there. I grew up, we grew up in, in a household um, where actually my father, in early, a couple months before I was born, had a really personal encounter with the living God through the Holy Spirit. And when, by the time I came along the scene, Jill and I were drugged up and down the eastern seaboard with my father preaching everywhere and mainly talking about the Holy Spirit. He was even on um, the 700 Club back in 1974. Um, and I have a, a picture of him years ago during that. Um, and then... It was the 70s where bell-bottoms were plentiful, and so were Christian coffee houses. Anybody remember those? 
If you do, you're old, okay, but um, just like me. But we had these Christian coffee houses, and back then you had these these chalk-drawing artists. Anybody remember them? They would tell the stories of the Bible, and they'd, shh, anybody remember this? Anybody shake your head, make me feel good. All right, so they would do this kind of stuff, and I was little. I was a little kid. I was about four or five. I think I was five years old. It was right before we moved to Northeast Maryland. We moved here when I was six, and so we were sitting there, and I got drug everywhere my whole entire life because nobody was going to watch me. I was taken with my dad while he was preaching. Jill and I were at Smith Island. We were little kids one night. We didn't eat dinner till 1130 because the revival was going on, and just to let you know, you don't get to Smith Island except by boat. All right. So if we wanted to escape, we couldn't have. So we were there, but it was good crab cakes there. I can tell you that. So, but we were we. This is something that was normal in our household that we we dealt with. So I figured I got drug everywhere. Joe was, and I remember the person. Don't know who he was, but I remember him sharing as he's drawing. And I think he actually was using the wise and foolish builder, if I'm right. But the the um. And I think we had sang that song, the wise man builds his house upon the rock. Anybody remember that? Okay, sorry. I could go on forever. But anyway, as we were doing that, he, he mentioned about salvation. Again, baptism into the body of believers. And so if you've done that, raise your hand. So all these people raised hand, one of them being my sister Jill. And I figured, I got drug along everywhere she did. And I went like this. And Jill looked at me and said, not you, Jack. You haven't done that yet. I went, hmm? Now, I was five years old. Now, that might mess with some people's theology that you didn't have the cognitive nature. But guess what? It's not about, if, if coming to a relationship with Christ is about cognitive nature, we all fail. Okay? And not saying anything to anybody, at the age of five, I went up that Sunday because my dad was a good Methodistal, which means he was a Methodist with this Holy Spirit thing. And, and so what began to happen? I, he gave an altar call. Afterwards, I got up, got out of the aisle, went there, and what I remember is kneeling at this altar in Christ Church in Feathersburg, people laying hands on me. I said some words. I can't tell you all they were, but I remember people were crying and hugging me, and then there was these other people from around the church that kept coming up and telling my parents, and I dealt with this for years from that point, not good in the teen years, when they said, um, you know, when Jack knelt, I saw the hand of Jesus on his head. Now, that's good now when you're a preacher. When you're growing up, it ain't the greatest thing to grow up with, just to let you know. So um, we left that. We came to Northeast, and um, I was a normal kid, well, abnormal kid, I guess you would say, and lived my normal life. And we had some youth weekends, and there was a guy named Dave Staples that was there. And when Dave Staples was there, we had a youth, what we called a Youth Alive weekend, and we were there, and he just sat up front in Northeast United Methodist Church and began to play the guitar, not saying anything. And as he began to do that, the Spirit of God began to move, and people began to recommit their lives or commit their lives to Christ. Some of my best friends and I joined together at that altar and are still best friends to this day, okay? So God began to do something as I was in the young teen stage. But still, I was a teenager, and still, I liked the things of life. And then there was another Youth Alive weekend, and they brought this crazy guy in from North Carolina named Kenny Davis. And Kenny began to talk, and I figured I was pretty good. I was the United, UMYF, anybody remember that? MYF, Methodist Youth Fellowship. Um, and I was the, one of the presidents or one of the leaders there. And so what began to happen is when, when people, um, you know, I would bring people to these youth weekends to hopefully they would kind of connect to Jesus some way, because I was good where I had my faith. I was living Jesus here, and then at, at Northeast High School, I was being Jack. You know, I had this down. It was good, and it was quiet. So they had this thing where they took a chair, and they put it in the middle of the room, and they, after the culmination of the weekend, 
weekend. It was a Saturday night. And um, he was like, hey, you know, we, if there's anything that you want to pray for, please do so. So here's this empty chair, and Kenny's there, and we had music. We had fun all weekend. And I figured, well, some of these people need some Jesus. I got Jesus. I'm good with where I am. So I think Jack, being the good PK I am, I'm going to go sit there, let him pray for me, kind of break the seal and let people connect. You know what I mean? Because I'm a good boy. Because I'm in church now. I'm not at Northeast High School. Got me? So, so I went. I sat in a chair. He began to pray for me, and, um, and it was all good. Now, I will tell you, Joe and I grew up in a house where we couldn't just go on vacation. When we went on vacation to the beach, somehow God would bring other Christians from Ohio together that we, Sunday wasn't sleep in. Sunday was, we're going to have church on the beach, and we're going to have a baptism in the ocean. And then we're going to have a good spot for suntan and later, you know, I mean, this is the kind of stuff we did. We, we didn't, at nights, we would have prayer meetings in somebody's house at the beach. Yeah, it was crazy, okay? So um, this is what we grew up in. And the, the gifts of the Spirit would be manifested. And Jack was very clear, I don't want no parts of that mess. You see, because I was baptized as an infant, but at another time at Majdell and Richie Dell's pool, um, they had another youth time, this is before the Kenny Davis one, where they had a baptism, and I, a water baptism. I remember saying, yeah, I want the certificate, but I remember telling God, don't you dare have me coming out that water um, like in a whirlwind somewhere, don't you have me speaking anything but English. If I do, I'm denying you forever, God, right? I was scared to death. I don't want to be crazy like my parents. They're crazy people, right? And so in the midst of that, in the midst of that situation, um, I went in the water, water baptism came out, God and I were cool, I still wasn't speaking anything but English, and some really bad Spanish in Mrs. Thomas's class, um, and then came that youth weekend with a hot seat prayer, and a couple weeks before, God would just started talking to me about the gifts of the Spirit, I'm like, nope, told you, not me, not me, wrong person, wrong Cohen, get Jill, okay, um, so, um, <laughs> so I was going through this process, and um, so I'm sitting in this chair, and, he, and Kenny says, is there anything else you want to pray for? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good, good, good. And my butt was halfway off the seat, and my dad says, you know, Kenny, God is, and I didn't tell anybody, God has told me that Jack is inter- wanting to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and God wants him to have them. My mouth probably went boom and hit the floor and bounced back off. And then other people were like, you know, I got the same thing. And I'm like, and I can tell you, I wasn't mad. The tears started to roll because I knew it was of God. And at that moment... Kenny began to pray with me, and all I can say is some really cool stuff happened. It was as if I was in warp speed somewhere else. Nobody was in the room, because a lot of times when we worship God, we are worried about those around us. At this point, I didn't care who was there, and I don't know whether I was even making sense, but all I know is I had a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit at that point. And after that, God began to manifest certain things like like certain prophecies, praying for people and healing, and, and even gave me a, a spiritual prayer language that I don't just throw out there to freak people out, but it's for my edification and for building me up in my life. And you know, life continued, and then I got a call to the ministry, and I didn't want to know parts of that because you grew up as a PK. That's the last thing you want to do because you see the other side of ministry, and you don't want to deal with that in your life. But God kept knocking, and even though I was saying, run, force, run, and had my Jonah experience and got bored in the belly and went down to the tail, I ended up vomiting on the beach somewhere where God said, now we're going to clean you up and we're going to do what I've called you to do. I became an ordained pastor in the United Methodist Church, one of the youngest ones to ever receive the commissioning. 
we were doing ministry, and then they moved me to, as they do musical chairs, um, moved me to Lewis, Delaware. Great people, but it just didn't seem, you know, I, I was trying to hear from God in that point. And I remember the first week I was preaching in Lewis, I heard God say to me, go. Very clear. I'm in the middle of giving a sermon, and he said, go. And my immediate reaction was, where? And I remember Melissa say, did you tell him when? I said, no. I, when he says go, I want to go now. Because life was really hectic for us that time. When it, was a, it was two and a half years later that God sh- fully brought to fruition where to go. I had to leave a sure job for something that wasn't there. I had to take a leap of faith. And all I know is that within that two and a half years mowing grass, God gave me the logo and the name Haven Community Church. That is not me. Because I can tell you, I'm not that good. I'm not, I'm, I have nowhere the strength or the need. You see, I needed the Holy Spirit's power in my life to do what he called me to do. And you need it too. You see, Peter even needed it because within a week, or in a, in a, in a, actually in 40 days, 50 days, Peter went from not even being able to telling a little girl that he knew Jesus to standing up boldly and 3,000 people coming into the kingdom. What is the difference? The resurrection and the falling of the Holy Spirit of God. He was immersed in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians tells us simply this. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It's not so much just the wine, because another place said the wine's good for stomach here. What is it about here? It's about if you aren't filled with the Spirit of God, you're going to be filled with something else in life. You're going to need something else to fill your void. It's like the pastor who once was preaching said, if I had all the beer in the world, I'd throw it in the river. If I had all the wine in the world, I'd throw it in the, in the river. If I had all the whiskey, I'd throw it in the river. And he sat down, to which the worship leader stood up and kind of nervously said, and our final hymn is, shall we gather at the river? All right. You see, you were not made for natural life. You were made for supernatural living. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly to the full. So as we rip this last part, I know we're a little bit over, but here we go. As we do these last four things, I want to share this with you. How do we get to this experience, Jack? How do we get to this point? How do we get to be made and live lives that are supernatural? Because many of us have done the first two baptisms, and we're living this Christian faith powerless, powerless. So how do we do that? Number one, we've got to do this first one. Remove all barriers. God has more on a spiritual journey for you. Look at the person next to you. I haven't done that today. Tell them God's got more for you. Look at the other person next to you and say, but you got to get it out of the way. You see, we have things in our way. We have, some of us may come from denominations that tell us that, you know, the gifts of the Spirit died with the last apostle died. We may have all this other kind of stuff, and that's not for you. And so we got to get over that denominational thing where we either take the word of God as a whole, because as I see, several of them had already died by the time John said that these three testify in heaven and these three on earth. He didn't say until I'm dead, right? we got to get rid of our mind barriers and our life barriers. And that's why, how do we do that? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized, get, all, get those, uh, that water baptism, be forgiven of your sin, and receive the Holy Spirit. And the promise, what does it say? The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Don't you love that? That's the one place in Scripture you can say that God thought of you, mainly. He said, oh, you suckers who are far off, 
You people who are at uh, Haven Community Church, this is for you too. These three are for you, not just reserved for them. And the Lord will call. Next thing, you need to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pray. And, and don't pray like I did when I was going under the water. God, I swear, you can, you can clean it up, but don't you dare have me speak nothing. Don't you give me anything I don't want. Don't you dare. And you know what? He won't. He won't force it on you. God won't force on you what you don't want. Oh, but if you just open up your life to what he has for you, you can be empowered. And I don't know where you've checked lately. This world is tough. And we need Jesus. And we need his presence. So pray. Whatever you have, God, give it all to me. And don't settle for the normal. Settle for the supernatural. Luke 11, Jesus said, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Number three, receive him by faith. You got to make a leap of faith. God wants you to take a leap of faith. I want you to take another step. We often get so used to recliner faith. You know, in the recliner, you remember when you actually had to turn the television knob? How many of you were good for going from channel 2 to channel 13 in one turn, right? And your dad used to yell at you, you're tearing up a TV, right? Like that. I was good at it. How many now will turn the house upside down if you can't find that remote? Right? We have spent far too much time recliner and remote faith. Where God wants us to get up and take a leap of faith. And I just want to share this, how, how this means in Ezekiel. This is one of the coolest verses ever. It says, as a man went eastward, this is a vision that Ezekiel had, with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and led them through the water that's ankle deep. Anybody, anybody, somebody who doesn't know how to swim, you kind of get in the ocean, you kind of, I'm ankle deep, I'm good. Because you got your footing, am I right? Even if one of those waves comes, you're still, you're still good, all right? Many of us have approached our faith ankle deep. Okay, I'm good. All right, God, I believe in you. I'll do the baptism thing, but yeah, I'm going to make sure my feet are sure. And then look what it says further. It says, he measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. You know, so we're, so we're knee deep. And then he says, and then he led me through water that was up to the waist. Now we're starting to get a little bit nervous, aren't we? You know, like, we're good here and here, but these three, we, I want to let you know, these three areas, if that's where we are in our faith, we still got control. We still have control of where our faith goes. We're wet, but we're in control. And then look at this. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. It's interesting, as you finish the rest of this verse, and I challenge you to look at this week, it says, and in the river, it was teeming with life. In other words, there is good stuff in the, in the river. Not, not on the side. You get a little bit of it. Oh, but what is he saying here? I want you to be immersed in the river. I want you to be in the river and experience teeming life in your faith and in your journey. Don't stay knee deep. Don't stay waist deep. Don't stay ankle deep. Get totally in. Your journey is this process. And here's the thing. The first one is the only one that is very critical because it all has to do with God. The other stuff is all icing on the cake, and it makes the cake better. You know what I mean? If you're just eating a regular piece of cake without any icing, and then you get some more stuff like that. Like how many of you ever had that, like, like a chocolate cake, but if you add some ice cream on it? You warm it up and add some hot fudge on it. Oh, it's getting better, isn't it? You see, you still got cake, 
but it's better. And that's what I want for you guys and for us today. Last thing today, we're going um, to jump up past Hebrews chapter 11. Last thing that we got to do as our worship team comes up is connect to him, the Holy Spirit, daily. And I'm going to let you fill in this last uh, point here. I need the Holy Spirit to fill me as our last point. But I want to go back as, as I give this as a, it's a benediction. I want you to stand up. We're going to sing a song. But this is a, a benediction for this series. But it's also something that I want you to grasp hold of. In 1 Corinthians chapter, thir- chapter uh, that we see here in chapter 13, verse 14, it says this. It's a prayer. And I just want to close the series out with this prayer. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You see, that's what it's about. It's about each and every day having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the power source for God. He is the third person, and I hope that after these four weeks that you know him a little bit better. My prayer is that wherever you are on the journey, that you're ready to journey a little bit further to come to experience the power and the good gifts that God has for you. Pentecost is not scary. It's 50. Some of you crashed that number years ago. It's not a charismata is not about foaming on the mouth and rolling around the floor and more makeup or less makeup. What it's about is just the giftedness that God has given to you so that you can use in the body of Christ. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not something that makes you a crazy lunatic. It's something that gives you a power source so that you can live supernaturally and stop living this Christian faith in the natural realm. It's the stuff that takes you from Simon Peter on Good Friday and makes him Simon Peter on Pentecost, where 3,000 came into the kingdom of God. Oh, that, that, Lord, that you would have each one of us just come into your presence and receive your Holy Spirit and that we could just, every one of us would walk out here and 3,000 more people would come into the kingdom of God. We give you praise for who you are, God. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. As we sing this song today, what the Holy Spirit does right now is tell me to speak to you, so I'm going to say something here. Um, We sing this song a lot, and you all like it. But I want you today to really listen to the words and listen to what God is calling you to do in his spirit. It's not Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. It's you're welcome in in our lives. And don't miss the opportunity to take advantage of it today. Listen and let God speak to you as we sing this song today. Okay?
more than more than ever, don't just um, just don't just leave here without um, putting this in your heart and mind. Just to have God say, "Hey, you know, I want to live life empowered by the Holy Spirit." Um, that's how God intended it. That's why I put it so many places. I gave you just a little bit. If you want to search for these three examples in the Bible, you can look all. You can, you can see more than than I gave you. We'd be here till next year. Um, because God wants you to experience everything he has for you, all right? So I hope you have an awesome week in Jesus. Next week, it's Father's Day, right? And so we're going to honor our Father. May you honor your Heavenly Father all throughout the week. Have a great week. God bless.